I'd like to call the um, zoning committee meeting for um, Wednesday, June 28th, 2023 to order. Uh, Agnes, could you please call the roll? Here. Present. Zarowski. Here. Here. Okay. Uh, in addition, we also have Tim Riley. We have Lee from the uh, planning planning department. We have Councilor Sam. We have Councilor Dobaz. We also have Agnes from our uh, city council office. Uh, let's see. Participating on Zoom. I think we have any Councilor on Zoom. Okay. All right, um, in compliance, um, the open meeting law, is anyone either audio or videotaping tonight's meeting? So please state your name and address and reason for doing so. Everybody on Zoom doing it? Okay. All right, um, some housekeeping procedures, um, cell phones, <clears throat> excuse me, please put them on silent or mute. Uh, when speaking, you'll be limited to three minutes for public input. Please address the chair. There'll be no discussions on collective bargaining issues, personalities, or personal attacks. Okay. Um, I will proceed with um, item number one. Item number one, special permit application under chapter 275, section 58, subsection C5, for the purpose of four residential units located at 1682 Memorial Drive, Applicant is 896-900 Prospect Street, Inc. David B. Williams, 30 through 32 Hague Avenue, excuse me, South Hadley, Mass. 0075. Is the applicant here? Uh, yeah. We are on Zoom. Okay. All J right. J um, I'm sorry, James Baker and and uh, Dave Williams. Okay, uh, besides uh, you mentioned your names, but also your addresses, please. And uh, uh, my, then you can start. My law office is located at 40 Bridge Street, South Hadley, Massachusetts. And Mr. Williams? 32 Hague Avenue in South Hadley, Massachusetts. Okay. All right, gentlemen, I'm not sure who wants to, uh, who wants to be the speaker, who wants to. Um, so whoever wants to be the speaker, go ahead and. Um, Please um, state what your proposal says for this. Okay, we, thank you. We had we were on for hearing a, about a month ago, and we had gone through most of the items. And there was a request from the council uh, to have the fire department and the building department um, review the actual physical premises. I know was able to confirm that the building department had been out, uh, but was unable to confirm either negative or positive that the fire department had gone out. And so that was the, I guess, the only issue that we had outstanding. Okay. All right, gentlemen, well, actually I'm gonna be able to shed some light on that. I, um, I conferred with um, both the building department and the fire department on, and I will read into the record and state what I know, okay? Uh, document number one, or the first document, is from the um, building department. I did speak with um, Frank Boron, our building commissioner. I had a conversation with him uh, approximately after three uh, this afternoon. 
and he also sent me a message and um, I'm going to read this. Um, this was an email that I printed out and I'm going to read this into the record and this will become part of the record. And it reads as following, uh, Frank Moron, George Balakir, Wednesday, June 28, 2023-305 p.m. Hi, George. The building department has no concerns on the special permit for 1682 Memorial Drive. They will have a business use on the lower level with residential on the upper levels. So uh, in a nutshell, Frank did not seem to have any concerns. All right, now getting Getting back to the fire department issue, I know that was one of the requirements that we had pending from our last meeting, and um, I had to do some detective work this afternoon, <laughs> and um, I spoke also with our, our clerk from the office, our administrative assistant, to get in touch with the fire department. So this is what I came up with. Um, the Benjamin Turnberg, the captain, he did do an inspection recently. Fortunately, he's on vacation and there was no report. So I wasn't satisfied with that. So I in turn got in touch again, as I referenced, uh, with our uh, administrator in our office and asked her to reach out to the fire department. So in turn, I reached out to the fire department and uh, Katie Collins, Captain Katie Collins Kalbaugh, called me a little bit before, uh, probably about quarter of four. No, maybe it was, no, I'm sorry. It was actually more so like quarter of five. And she was appraised of the situation. And then she said I was going to go out, do an inspection. Then in turn, I heard from the chief. And uh, Chief Samborski mentioned the same thing. He said uh, that Katie was going to go out. So uh, Katie went out and uh, I'm going to read the report that um, she sent to me and she had also called me before she printed this out. So uh, just bear with me. I'm going to read this into the record. Okay, from uh, Captain Katie Collins to me, uh, Wednesday 28th, 2023, 5.04 p.m. George, I performed an inspection of the common front hallway at 1682 Memorial Drive. There were no exit signs, no emergency lighting, and a fire extinguisher was not tagged as required by 528 CMR 1.00 of the Massachusetts Comprehensive Fire Safety Code. The main hallway was partially obstructed by tenant belongings. The smoke alarms that are there are currently not compliant with 527 CMR also known as the Commonwealth of Massachusetts Regulations 1.00. As I did not have an appointment, I did not try to see if the basement commercial space was compliant. I did knock on a tenant door to see if they would let me check the in-unit smoke and or carbon monoxide alarms, but no one answered. Please let me know if you need additional information. Captain Katie Collins, Calva, Chickabee Fire Department, Church Street, Chickabee, Mass. I did have further conversation with the captain and she said that all the work that was required could be done in probably two to three days. So uh, that, that's an issue. So it seems that we have an issue with report from the fire department that uh, your property is not in compliance with the uh, above forementioned regulations. So 
Um, we have a dilemma here, and um, I'm not sure if you folks want to say anything else before I talk to the committee on this, but um, it looks like we have some outstanding issues, gentlemen. Okay. I think we'll wait to hear what the committee suggests and then maybe comment from there, please. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I don't think anybody's here on public input with this issue. Uh, gentleman in the rear is tied up with another issue. Um, is everybody else on Zoom here for public input regarding 1682 Memorial Drive? Right. Councilor, do we need to formally close public input before we from? Okay, uh, I'd like a motion. Motion to close public input. Okay, and I'll second that motion to close public input. All right, uh, Agnes, uh, could you please take the roll on that, please? Balakir? Uh, yes. Mushane? Yes. Pinia Costello? Yes. Lopez? Yes. Zigarowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. Okay, all right, thank you. Onion and public in comment? Um, well, I'll entertain a motion. Okay, we close that. Uh, close. Okay, I'm going to call for a motion on the item under discussion. Motion please. to postpone to the next zoning committee meeting on what's the date? Um, before we do that, no, I, I just want to make a couple of before, comments. Right, before I was going to open up for discussion. Have to work on the floor before we can talk. Yes, yes. So this is still my motion. Okay. For now it can be superseded if we change something else. Right. But motion, motion on the floor for for to open the item under discussion. I'll I'll, I'll second that. Okay. So because no, um, you need a motion to like do something in order for us right. to speak. So it's either motion to approve, motion to decline, motion to postpone, whatever okay. the motion is. So for now, my motion is motion to postpone to the next. Zoning committee meeting, and I'm asking the date on it because that needs to be on the record. Okay, I know. Do you know the date? It is. No, you're the chair. <laughs> July 26th. July 26th. Thank I, you. I, I so, motion to postpone to the next zoning committee meeting, July 26th at 6:30 p.m. in Chambers at City Hall. All right, and I will. I don't have to read the City Hall. I just. I, I, I will. I will. Second. At 274 Front Street. Right. Um, okay. I, I will. I will second that. Okay. All right. So now we're gonna. We're going to have discussion on the motion. Okay, discussion on the motion. Yeah. Okay. So I will start since I made the motion. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so I, I think that with that fire department um, unfavorable report, I, I would not be comfortable approving regardless of any of the other outstanding issues on it. Mm -hmm. So I would be happy to defer to having further conversation on this at a next meeting when we even have all the facts in front of us. They're also, at what time did that email come in? Well, the email came in at 504. So that email came in four minutes after the cutoff. Um, and so we technically are not even supposed to fully introduce that into this meeting. It would have to wait until the next meeting anyways. Um, so I, I think that regardless of, well, we wouldn't I, be able to approve today. Well, actually, okay, I, I, I'm just going to get into the weeds a little bit with you. Um, she, I was on the phone with her before this came in. But, but a phone call can't be introduced into the record. Only actual email or like a written report can be introduced into the record. And the thing we have introduced into the record is that email at 504. That's four minutes after the deadline. If you want to consider it, if you do want to consider it. I mean, it. we have to consider a fire department's report. That's one of the things well, we asked for, right? Well, well, I know, but technically, technically it's an email. But if we want to consider it as a report, which, which I would like to introduce. Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. I, I would be comfortable with us using that email as a report. I would have no issue with that. However, it's after the deadline anyways. And so the fact that it is an email and it's timestamped four minutes after the deadline and it's unfavorable anyways, it doesn't make sense to me to do anything other than postpone 
Um, unless okay. the, the board felt comfortable with declining it today. Like if that was where we were headed, that would be different, but approval today would absolutely not be something I'd be comfortable no, with. I, I don't disagree with your council, but hold on a second. Let me just talk to council for a second, okay? Regardless of a cutoff or not, regardless of the cutoff or not, like that's a formality, right? Like regardless, we still need to postpone because it's unfavorable fire department anyways. It's a non-issue. It's a non-issue, right. Regardless of whether there's a five o'clock cutoff that we're enforcing or not, if that's just president, that's a non-issue. We still have an unfavorable fire department I, comment. I, I understand. I understand. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to everything by the letter of the law. Okay, mm -hmm. but I understand. But thank you for your input. Okay, Councilor, go ahead. I would postpone it only because they haven't been notified of the deficiencies. Mm -hmm. So the fire department needs to do an official report and send it to him in writing mm -hmm. with the corrections because there will be a follow-up date to those corrections. Sure. So I know we had a month to get this done. I'm not sure why it wasn't done. But in all fairness, again, they aren't aware of, I'm going to assume they're not aware of the deficiencies. So we need to give them another 30 days. Yeah. Right. There's nothing in their hand telling them what they have to fix. So. And okay. I'd like to see them do a proper inspection, so they should be contacting each other and getting that taken care of. No, absolutely no. I think the it was inside the, unit's most important. It was it was a courtesy because I didn't have anything. Right, I have feeling she just ran out on her own and did it real fast, and she was probably off the clock. I knew that it was important. That's why I, I tried to go the extra mile. Okay. Yeah, and she went the extra mile for sure, and we thank yeah. her for that. Oh, yeah. She didn't have to do that, yeah. um, so. but she found issues even just with a quick inspection. Yep. There needs to be an actual. Right. And maybe there wasn't, we just don't have a full report, but well, that's just still unfavorable. Right, right. Um, any other counselors before? Go ahead. Counselor. Yeah, I went by the property today, and um, it's in a crowded area. Uh, right across the street is CVS. Next to it is a car wash. Um, behind it is a lot of smaller single-family homes. It's on Prospect Street. It's on the corner of Memorial Drive. Mm -hmm. And it looks like originally... It was a single-family home that I think a dentist used. So supposedly there's going to be a business on the bottom yes. and four residential units on top. Mm -hmm. But I'm concerned about the square footage of the house with five occupied units in the mm -hmm. house. Um, the business, I don't know what kind of business they're talking about. Um, I did drive by today. There were about six cars there, okay. and uh, they were double parked. One car was parked behind the other, right. and uh, it looked like it was hard to get out of there. Um, I wouldn't mind if this was reduced somewhat in size in regards to the four residential units on top. Um, it's a crowded area. It's crowd it seems to be a crowded house. Um, and like I said, originally, I think it was a doctor's office or a dentist's office. And uh, how many how many units 
can you put on top of a house with the square footage? I don't know what the square footage of the house is, but how many units for this particular zone can you put on the top? You've got the business on the bottom. And how many units can by this zone can you put on the top? Because this place is crowded. Mm -hmm. I know it's been in existence for a long time. Right. I know we're trying to correct right. a situation that was an error, but I want to make sure if the correction is done, it doesn't impact the quality of life in that area because it is crowded. Prospect Street is busy. Um, they go from James Street to Prospect Street. They mm -hmm. use that entrance and exit for CVS. CVS is right across the street. So how many can we reduce the size of the residential units to make it more, um, less, well, actually less crowded? And the parking, like I said today, was was busy. And I'm not sure what's next door to it either. Um, there seems to be a building there, but I don't know what it's used for. But it's an active place, and uh, it's crowded. So I just want to make sure if we can get it lower, from four units to say two, I think that would be, that would not impact any kind of safety issue in regards to pedestrians or traffic or public safety or um, or quality of life. Thank okay, say Councilor. Yeah, and the other thing I want to bring up is on the it looks like to the city council the application on the property owner there is no property owner. This would be right after the green page, item one, right next right, right next to it. It says to the city council, and then on the second section, it says property owner, the address. No, it's an incorporation. That's not just the address. It's 896-900 Prospect Street, Inc. It's right. a business name. That's the property owner. Okay, so the right. property owner actually isn't an actual person. It's um, an incorpor it's a corporation. Yes. It happens often, yes. Okay. Yes. And it's and that's the name of the corporation. Yes. And then the address is where? Same as above. Its location of property is not that eight nine six. It's at one six eight two Memorial Drive. If you read the section right above, location of property, parcel ID, zoning, right. property owner, all of them are listed on that first page. Okay. So then on the next line, it's got thirty two Hague Avenue. That's the address right of the corporation. corporation. Sorry, no, that's 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 the prop. That's the address of the um, of the property owner. And right. where is Hague Avenue? South uh, Hampton, like South Hanley, Mass. Okay. Should it be filled out there? Uh, it is yeah. under contact contact of a phone. It has it has like three stars. And it says South Hanley, Mass. Okay, right next but to the should address. it should it be if if it says 32 Hague Avenue, shouldn't we shouldn't be looking on other lines for stars? Shouldn't it be right next door? I mean, right right on the line, saying 32 Hague Avenue, South Hadley. Oh, it it is on it is on the page, but but maybe next time the yeah. person could be a little more careful in filling right. out. Okay, right. all set, Councillor. Okay, so I'm 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 just um, requesting that if we could reduce the four residential. Lee, do you know through the chair to Lee? what the square footage of that building is because it looks like originally it was a house i can't speak to the total square footage of the building but what i can tell you is under business a uh, the council can authorize up to four residential units in a business building um, which is what is being requested here um, and the council did for the property to the right of this i want to say a year ago 
did something similar. It's a similar structure, and that is also one business unit and four residential units. I'm not sure. You, you don't know where it is, though? I'm sorry? You don't know where it is in that particular area? And near there. It's the adjacent property to the right of this property. Okay, so, all right. I'm going to have It's to another go. structure that looks like a, a single family home, but is actually four units. Okay. How big are the units? I don't know. Uh, I can't answer that. And, and zoning doesn't speak to a maximum or a minimum size for a residential unit. That really gets into the building code and what's required to have a habitable unit. Um, so it, that's just not something that's answered within zoning. Okay. So I would have to con I would have to contact the building department to see yeah, how they big would, those residential units would be. That's correct. Okay. They they wouldn't seem that big. They may be studio apartments, counselor, which are generally on the smaller side, anyways. Um, but I'm I'm not familiar enough with the building code to speak to a minimum square footage um, per unit. All right, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Lee. I, I can read this into the record. We did get a report from um, Lee from planning, and I'll just read this. It's quick. It says, Council Ballack here. It says, property is zoned business A. Applicant is seeking special permit to allow up to four residential dwelling units. Current conditions consist of a building with four residential units and one unit used as a professional office for a total of five units. Proposed uses are permitted in business A by special permit, chapter 275, section 58, section C5. The four dwellings in a business building, parking requirements are regulated under 275-40N1B, multifamily dwellings, four or more units, 1.5 spaces per unit plus two guest spaces per 10 units. Planning recommends approval upon confirmation from the building and fire departments that all building code and life safety requirements are met. So. Yeah, thank you. You, uh, you read that last time that we were here. I appreciate that right. as a nice um, reminder. Right, right. Um, but my question again is, I just want to know the size. It's crowded. Well, uh, well, we don't have and that. Parking lots. Right. You know right. how many parking spaces are required. I was I was very uncomfortable today seeing the cars parked behind each other. Okay. Thank All right. You. All right. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so through the chair, just for point of information, if I remember right from the last meeting, the applicant said that, that a business was not really going to be a business, but more storage for maintenance supplies, things like that. Um, so it's not going to be occupied as a, you know, in and out customer kind of thing. Um, and I would trust and believe that if our building inspector said he has no issues with the property, then it meets all the requirements for living. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't have put his right. stamp of <clears throat> approval on it. Right. So I would not be in favor of reducing anything. Because it meets the building code. No, I I think that's fair, and you're right. Plus, with what I had read earlier, so I I concur with your thinking. Set. Yep. Okay, Council Lopez, go ahead. Through the chair to the applicant, could you shed some light on the square footage of the apartments above? He doesn't know off the top of his head. He could. They're one bedroom apartments. Yeah, they're one bedroom efficiency apartments. Um. They're not large, but that's what they are. Thank you. Um, through the chair to the applicant again, uh, could you just confirm that the plan for the for the business itself is still uh, storage only and not a highly trafficked business? Correct. Yes. 
There'll be no retail we, sales we, or anything of that sort. It's simply sort of a maintenance spot that he can work out of as needed in the property in a related property of the car wash next door. At this time, through the chair to the applicant again, at this time, are all four of those units currently occupied? Yes. Thank you. Okay, all set. All right. Go ahead, Councillor. So the four units are occupied in violation of the code, though. Yeah, we went through that last time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we, we kind of went through that. So right. I, I, I think right. so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to figure this out and, and get the reports from fire and building. All right. So going back to the business downstairs, can we put a special condition that it always remains a semi-maintenance storage? Because that once it's owned business, that's not a lifelong commitment and a business can go in there if it's owned that way. So is there any way that we can ensure, because it is a small, they don't even know the square footage, of the four units. So can we ensure that this particular first floor remains business, but occupied for maintenance and storage? Or do we have the power or the authority to do that? Well, I, Through the chair to the, the attorney. Do we have it, Tim? Uh, and it, very simply, I don't know. I'd have to do some research, maybe the city planner could answer that or at least shed some light on that. But I honestly don't know. I'd have to do some research. Because as I follow up, I appreciate uh, Councillor Koshane's advocacy and understanding and memory in regards to what that bottom floor is going to be used for. Because we are discussing a crowded condition here. And I just want to make sure if we can, that we can guarantee that it always remains what our vote reflects today. I, I could say that my understanding is that the special permit is so that it allows a residential use upstairs. So you may not be able to do that, but I'd have to do Probably some research because that's the reason right. we're here. Okay, I'm sorry. Say yes. Okay. Yeah. Council, ahead, council's uh, thought there is accurate. So the primary <laughs> use is business. Right. So you cannot restrict the business uses that are allowed by right in the business A zone. But because it's such a small unit, the size of it and any additional parking requirement would be the restricting um, limit on what that could be. So for example, if there was an idea of putting some sort of retail establishment in there in the future, that would increase the parking requirement and the site may not be able to handle that upon review. Um, so the size of the unit is really what restricts what it can be, but I, you, the council couldn't eliminate certain business units just because of the size of the unit. But, but we can't make it what it is now. We can't do a special permit to say, let's always have the maintenance and the no, storage. No, you cannot no, do we that. We don't have the authority to yeah, do that. Correct. That, the, that authority just, comes from the zoning. I just got board. one more question, and maybe I missed it the last meeting. How many parking spaces are required in regards to the business unit and the four residential units? Because I, I, the parking was pretty <clears throat> full today. Well, in the notes from Lee today that you from just read. Notes from Lee, let me just read it. It just says, park requirements are regulated under 275-40 N1B. 
multifamily dwellings, four or more units, one and a half spaces per unit plus two guest spaces per 10 units. So that would be six plus two, eight total. Mm -hmm. So right. eight and, parking spaces. And I, I think, excuse me, it looks like we have eight. Four. It looks like we have, I think, eight here on the schematic drawing. Okay, so it looks like they are in compliance. There's, there's only eight on the schematic drawing? One, two, three, four. Four across right there. Yep. Well, then that only meets the requirements of the residential dwelling. Does there have to be additional parking spaces for the business? Um, I'm going to let, I'm going to take a picture to wait. <laughs> Or are there parking spots we're not seeing? Oh, well, there's a handicap spot there. We're there's not counting. Nine if you yeah, count there's a handicap spot. Okay. handicap space. Was the, is that enough, though, just one parking spot for a business yeah. because of the size of it? Yeah, and you can assume that the handicap space would be shared between residential and the business. Right. Yeah. All right. Th thank you, thank Lee. You. Okay. okay, then I'll, I'll, if I can, just finish up. I'll take, uh, I'll go by again tomorrow, make sure that there are nine spaces and they should be marked off. Is that correct? Uh, mind, right? Not not something everybody just kind of pulls in and parks mm -hmm. wherever they want. Mm -hmm. That's my okay, understanding. Okay, so tomorrow I'll be looking for nine parking spaces that are marked. Okay, all set, Councillor. I'm all set. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Councillor. Just one question, I guess, through the chair, you can tell me if my logic isn't appropriate, but I guess I would caution against reducing the number of units because the, whether it's crowded or not, that's an opinion. That's not a fact. That's not um, something, obviously, it meets our zoning requirements or building requirements to be inhabited. inhabited. So would we be able to re reduce, make a special permit based on a personal opinion of what they think is what's going on? Um, I just don't think that would hold up in court if I was the other person saying that to me, it's not crowded, to them it's crowded. So, you know, it doesn't, I just to me, it's an opinion. It's not really, you know, something that would hold up in court if they wanted to fight us on the fact that we reduced our four to two because I feel it's crowded. That's subjective. So, well, can we do that, Attorney Riley? You know, do we always have to I go got by the, the floor? The I got the floor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, I think you need to go by the expert opinions that you have. Right. The building department. You should stick to those. Not that I want to tell this body what to do, but. Um, I think you're, you should stick to that. If, if the building commissioner came in and said, hey, there's only two units you can do here, then I'd say you'd have a, a leg to stand on, yeah. so to speak, yeah. um, because our, we all have different opinions about things, but they could challenge it. I think they would, they have a likelihood of prevailing as long as it's legal, as long as the building commissioner and the fire department say it's okay. Building. Parking or parking, yes. All right. Okay. Uh, thanks, Councilor. Okay. All right. So um, I think we're we've reached a point. The motion was to postpone to the call of the chair. I'd like to call the motion back on the floor. Okay. All right. Which is a motion to postpone to the next meeting, okay. July twenty eighth, here at Chambers, 26. July twenty sixth at six thirty p.m. Here at the chambers in the in the fourth floor at 274 Front Street. Right at 6:30. Okay. At 6:30 right. p.m. I, I will second. P.m. I will second that. Okay. 
All right, that was that was some work, but I, I could just say it. something. Um, so if we're, if this motion passes, I would just advise the appellant, sorry, the appellant, the applicant, and his attorney. Uh, we're going to have to extend this as a special permit, so we have to extend it another at least 30 days, if not 60 days, so that because the permit we only have so much time, and then it expires the application. So we'll need to. Um, have their attorney send us an email like we did last month yeah, saying we need to extend and it has to be a specific time and place. That's what Council Lopez is trying to say is that you have to, ex you can extend it. You can't do it to the call of chair. You have to extend it to a specific time, place, et cetera. So the applicant would have to do a 60 day extension and, and note to the applicant that if you don't send an email asking for the extension, what's likely going to happen because a special permit, if we don't act on it, it automatically gets approved. So we would have to actually deny it. And then you'd have to go through applying all again. So rather than having to do all that, to send an email to the city council office asking for a 60-day extension on the item, and we will vote on the extension. Obviously, we'll approve the extension because we're asking to postpone it on your behalf, um, and then we'll postpone it to the next meeting. Well, well, if we're going to do a 60-day extension, it'd be August, and that's probably better to do 60 than 30. Yeah, we said 60. It's, well, July is 30. No, no. 30 so, is for us to postpone it to the 30 days. Extension, the 60 days would be the next meeting. No, no. 60-day extension, 30 days to the next meeting, because all we need to figure out right now is the fire department. We don't need to wait 60 days for the next meeting. We do need the 60-day extension because if something happens, then we don't need to extend it again. It, it, we do need this. This is what customarily we do for something like this. We ask for 60 days to give ourselves time so that we don't have to automatically deny it. Well, the other issue, too, is, guys, now that uh, Fourth of July vacation season is coming right. upon us. Going to August to give them enough time. Because, as I, as I mentioned in my earlier remarks, that uh, Captain Collins had mentioned that uh, this would probably take two to three days, in her professional opinion, for them to do all the work that's required and the part of the unit she wasn't able to inspect. Right. So, so that there could be more work. additional things. So there, there's some work that needs to be done here. All right. Okay, Mr. So, Chair, if I could say one more thing, you may want to ask the appellant, the applicant, sorry, the applicant, if they're okay with that, or at least maybe get their, take their temperature yeah, we, on we that. We have no objection. Certain, what I, I would like to do, and I know you have other matters this evening, uh, state one other thing for the record, but also we're happy to maybe coordinate ourselves with the fire department if we could get their list and set up a time for them to get into the units and so we can have the inspection done as soon as practical for everybody and then you guys will have it the council will have it whether it's 30 days we'll ask for 60 to a date certain if you have the the following date in august probably uh, i can send that email to agnes uh, or the chairperson in the morning uh but i'd also wonder if we could put in implement some and maybe it's a matter of us just calling the captain at the fire department that's the best method. And it may be better, uh, if I could say one more thing, Mr. Chairman. I know we're trying to give them 60 days to give them time, but it may be just, uh, if we're going to 30 days, you might as well just make the extension for 30 days to the specific time, because the I think it'd be more uniform if Attorney Baker requests an extension to the date that you guys extend to, so that everything matches. And we can always right. extend again if we have to. I agree. Really just all stays together. I understand you want to give them 60 days. That's great to give them time, but maybe we should just keep everything the same. All right. Just a suggestion. No, no, that's that's good. That's good. So through council. 
then, then we'll go back to but my motion is still the motion because that's 30 days right. and then right. they just have to ask for a 30 day extension. Right. Okay. All right. I just have, a, I just have one more question. We, we have we've done it. If, I yeah, we've done that. They always if it's relevant. Yeah, it is. Tomorrow I'm going to go out there and look at the nine right. parking spaces. Okay. Guys, guys, hold on. Tomorrow I'm going to go out and look at the nine parking spaces. Can I ask you how you went, you went I know, through I know. the chair? You're wrong. Guys, you guys, go. Are the nine parking spaces there? In other words, do they have the nine parking spaces as required? Well, I, I think it was on the, the original plan, but okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Attorney Baker, do you have the nine parking spaces already marked off? No, they, they, they are, there's a paving company lined up to do them when the special permit is approved. Uh, Mr. Pulliat and I, and the applicant went through this as far as location. There's also another easement, access easement granted to this property to access the other parking spaces. So the, the, the paving and the parking places which are on the plan, which will be done when the special permits, if and when it's granted, do not all exist at this time. And I was gonna enter that onto the record. So when he went tomorrow and looked for nine and wondered where they might be that they don't exist, but on the plan and after speaking and i don't want to speak for mr Pulliat, we have the proposed parking and proposed paving uh shown on the plan drawn uh by harold eaton and associates which was i believe submitted along the way with the application um um counselor uh here yes through the chair to the attorney it's required that they have nine parking spaces they don't do we allow this to go through without the nine parking spaces, even though it's required, or do we say it's okay, approve this, and then later they can get it? What would be your legal opinion? Should they have it before we grant the special permit? Or Is that addressed to me or Attorney Riley? But also businesses usually don't have parking spaces lined up until after a permit is granted anyways. So right. the whole point of rectifying this right. is well, to give them a that. But I, but this, this isn't only business. These are four residential units that people will be using. Even when you build a home, get. even when you build a home, you don't you don't build a driveway without having a permit for it. Like, right. So I, I think I think we could table that, Counselor, at this point, because we're looking at something that's not as involved as what we're trying to look at at this point, and we're gonna—it's gonna create problems. Mr. Well, Chair, only for the record, I went by there today, and I was concerned in regards to traffic safety. All right, thank you. Duly noted, Mr. Chair. You can you can make a special permit conditional. You can put conditions, and they can fulfill them, as Councilor Lopez said. You can fulfill them later. Right. And then, as Councilor Laflamme said, it's a permit. You can bring them back in. You're not compliant. Right. Fix it or revocation. If I could say one other thing, Agnes reminded me that the, the next city council meeting is July 6th, and there's an August 1st city council meeting. That's why we did it for 60 days. So, Council Lopez is right. We should do the extension for 60 days because we want to. We're going to have another meeting at the end of July here for this committee, and then you're going to have an August 1st council meeting. So we've got two more meetings. We've got to get through the committee meeting, 
And then, so what I'm saying is the, the applicant should, should ask for a 60 day extension, but this committee can extend it through, should extend it through specific date and time, which is July, whatever that, that date is and the time. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense. <laughs> so then getting back to, to postpone. So does this mean then for the Ju uh, July 26th meeting? We're not going to discuss this. So, yeah. no, no, we can we can discuss it, and then you can forward it to the council for approval. So this this body, the committee, should table it to a specific date and time. And then Attorney Baker, at the same time tomorrow morning, should send me this and Agnes and everyone else that's involved a request, like he did last month, for 60 days, so that we're that city council meeting is in that 60 days so because he's got to get through the city council as well so so, so we're, we're tabling this until the july meeting. yes yes the, the motion but, is still the same motion it's just right. asking them to do just it make sure it's specific as okay. the date time place okay thank. all right thank you okay just just want to clarify this okay so the motion was to postpone to the college chair no oh, no to the july 26th meeting okay all right <laughs> Okay. All right. To July 26th. July 26th at 6.30 p.m. in Chambers, okay. fourth floor at 274 Front Street. Yes, that was okay. the motion on the floor. All right. And okay. I think that is a helpful motion because not only do we have that fire department report, but it also gives Councillor Costello time to go and look and address mm -hmm. any of the other concerns that she may have. Right. So, right. And then, then and when, if we issue a special permit, we could put those conditions in. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that, Which that, is easy that, enough. We we do that with other special permits. Correct. We can make sure that they have correct. a certain amount of parking spots. Okay. All right. I think. Does anybody else have any more comments before before we we ask Agnes to um, do the roll? Okay, Agnes. Can you can you call the roll, please, regarding the, um, the motion to the um, to the June excuse me to the July twenty sixth. Um, 2023 City Hall Council meeting chambers at 6:30 zoning subcommittee meeting at City Hall. Alcare. Yes. Kushane. Yes. Pinia Costello. Yes. Lopez. Yes. Sigarowski. Yes. Libri. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me just write this up. Uh, Attorney Baker, if I could interject, maybe ask Attorney Riley. I'm somewhat confused now. Am I asking for an extension for 60 days or until July 26th? 60 days. Uh, Attorney Baker, you're asking for a 60-day extension. All right. N not to a date certain, but say please extend this hearing for 60 calendar days. 60 days. And then the, the yes, and the committee, so you've got another hearing in July at the date that Right. Time. So that's your next hearing. But you extended it beyond that because we've got to get you understood. I, I you, understand. If you, I just if you're, I know Agnes is probably okay. sick of me emailing her, so I was trying to limit this to one or two rather than six. And just so we can move this forward without anybody feeling like there's any neglect, should we be contacting the fire department to get with them to determine yes. what yes. so Yes. In, in, in the captain, the uh, I'm sorry, the woman's name, the captain, should we contact her? Um, yes, sir. Yes, you could, because actually, Captain Captain Turnberg, it's my understanding, he's supposed to be coming back July 5th, all right? But again, this is, this is what I was told earlier. 
uh, Katie Collins Kalba, K-A-L-B-A-U-G-H. She was the captain who dealt with me this afternoon, and she went out and did the inspection. And she, as I referenced in the remarks earlier, uh, she liked to have a more thorough inspection because Very she wasn't able to go to the complete building. So she did mention, uh, gentlemen, that she thought, in her professional opinion, two to three days to do all this work that's required. So that's uh, another caveat to uh, solving this dilemma. All right. Okay. Thank you. We, we will ahead, pick up that the chair to the applicant. You're going to want to contact Captain Turnberg. That's his department. Katie was just doing a favor, but it's Captain Turnberg is the person you want to contact. Or both because he's he's not here until July. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but I talked to Katie. It's not her department. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to both and maybe start with reach out uh, to, right. Captain Kelbon. And if she defers, we'll wait. And I will certainly in the morning uh, send an email to Attorney Riley and uh, forgive me, Agnes, I don't have your last name in front of me, but I will send that email first thing in the morning tomorrow. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Let me just write this up and then we'll um, we'll read it into record. Postpone to the July 26th. Thank you, Gary. Oh, yeah, at the end. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Okay, so the motion was postponed to the July 26th. 2023 zoning subcommittee meeting at City Hall Council Chambers at 274 Front Street at 6.30 p.m. And then, and um, all the council members voted in favor of it. Okay, so um, gentlemen, please, 
please get those emails out to notify the uh, fire department and also to get in touch with our office regarding the extension, the 60-day extension, okay? And we're going to bring this up um, next week in our in our council meeting on uh, Thursday, uh, July 6th as well. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Item number two, uh, this is the uh, zone change application for industrial garden plan unit development, type one to industrial for 2.58 plus or minus acres of property located at Burnett Road, parcel ID map 294 lot six and lot seven for the purpose of eliminating the existing split zone property. Applicant is uh, Scannell Properties, number 705 LLC, CO Leo Lighton, 294 Grove Lane, Suite 140, weighs on, uh, looks like MN55391. Okay, um, I think this gentleman is on Zoom. Good evening, Mr. Chair. Uh, yes, sir, could you, uh, Please uh, state your name and address and uh, your proposal for this evening, please, sir. Thank you. Sure. Good evening, Mr. Chair. Uh, Councilors, Attorney Matt Eckel with Fletcher Tilton uh, with a business address of 370 Main Street in Worcester. Also on via Zoom is Leah Layton from uh, Scannell Properties, the applicant. Uh, as read into the record, we are seeking a zone change for approximately 2.5 acres of land along Burnett Road, identified as map number 294, lot six and seven from IPUD to industrial. Uh, we did meet with the committee last month and um, went through in great detail uh, why we thought it made sense for the zone change to provide consistency and clarity uh, for ourselves and, and for the city and everyone involved. Um, and then we did hear uh, comments about potentially meeting with the planning department and other agencies to see if this was in fact um, either necessary or, or desired. So we did meet um, with, with Mr. Pouliot and, and his staff, uh, kind of together reiterated the need or the desire to have this uh, happen just to provide future clarity. Again, there's approximately two thirds of the lot that are in industrial already with all the adjacent lots to the left in industrial. And then this uh, smaller 2.58 acre portion of the lot that's in the IPUD, which kind of stands alone. So uh, we're reiterating our request to have that changed uh, just to provide consistency and clarity and also uh, assist in helping the city's directive to uh, try to eliminate these split zones throughout the city. Uh, I can certainly pause and take any questions, but I believe in discussions with Mr. Pouliot, um, maybe there was some requests from him as well, and I would certainly uh, cede the floor to him at whatever time is appropriate. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, um, Lee. Why don't you uh, Why don't you start first? Sure. And then um, we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay. Please. Thank you. After. 
No, no, I have one here. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we'll at least speak, then I'll have a public input, and then we'll take it back. All right. So um, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about this one tonight. Um, I apologize for not being available at the last hearing on this one. Um, so uh, I just have some prepared comments that I'll run through and then I'm happy to answer any questions because I know there were a few um, that I caught the tail end of um, at the last meeting. Um, so we're talking about um, the industrial zoning district and our IPUD zoning district. Um, the applicant is correct that about um, two-thirds or three-quarters of this lot is already zoned industrial with a smaller portion being in the IPUD zoning district. Uh, to be clear, um, the proposed use of the property that the council reviewed through the special permit process is allowed by right in both zones. So changing the zoning um, from a use perspective doesn't make a difference. This project can happen in both zones. Um, if anything happens as the site plans develop for this and start the review that is inconsistent with the conditions the council placed on the special permit and that required addressing, um, the applicant would have to come back before the city council to modify their special permit. We're not anticipating that based on the concept plan that we've seen, but just so you're comfortable, you know, a change in use, even if it's not a Tesla dealership to something else would require the council's review of the existing special permit. Um, so there's no use issues and, and industrial and iPod are very similar in the uh, uses that they require uh, or allow. Um, so the question is why, um, why address the split zone? Um, first, um, I wanna say uh, that the city council um, and the planning board over the last uh, few years has been very consistent in working together uh, when a willing property owner comes forward um, and wishes to address these split zones. Uh, we have a lot of them throughout the city and it's just a, a legacy impact for how our zoning was originally laid out in the 1940s, um, not really respecting parcel boundaries, but just creating dimensional districts based on um, 100 feet around a certain intersection, for example. Um, now, in some communities, um, they have zoning language that says uh, when you encounter a split zone property, the zoning district that has, that has the majority of area takes precedence for development. Uh, we do not have that. Um, and so what happens is in a project case like this, a portion of the development project will have to meet the dimensional and other requirements of one district and then the portion of the property in the other zoning district will have to meet the dimensional requirements and any other special requirements of that district. So instead of being designed and permitted as one project, it'll be designed and reviewed almost as two projects, even though it's one development. Um, and so that's why we've been an advocate on the staff side of trying to clear these when development projects are moving forward. Um, there's much more consistency available to us if we're reviewing this against one portion of the code versus two portions of the code. Um, and for industrial and IPUD, there are some differences. The IPUD zoning district was really developed um, 
to uh, see the redevelopment of our industrial air park surrounding the base from military surplus property. I'm not sure how these particular lots ended up being zoned IPUD, uh, but IPUD was meant for the development of an industrial park. Um, and so there are different dimensional requirements, there are different calculations that need to be made, um, building square footages in pervious area, which includes roofs and asphalt. There are different setbacks. Um, uh, if you drive through the industrial parks, they have a particular look to them, and that is uh, that's because of the zoning code. Um, our industrial district has different dimensional requirements and different um, site design requirements that would need to be followed. Um, so if the council were amenable to rezoning the portion that is IPUD, all it would allow this applicant is to do is design one project that follows the same design requirements versus essentially two projects in one. It will also make the planning board's review and our staff who sit on the SPRAC review committee much easier because we will only have to look at the requirements of one zoning district versus doing the review and calculations for both. Um, the other thing um, that I just want to mention is um, uh, this is not the first time that the council has seen this. We've done many of these, and I am aware of at least two additional applications for split zone parcels that will be before the, the council uh, in the near future. Um, so we've been very successful in the past. Um, again, because there's no use changes here, the council has already issued a special permit for the development of the property. Um, we are hopeful that the council could support um, just letting this project move forward under one consistent set of zoning requirements um, so that we have a streamlined uh, review process and one project that looks like it was consistently designed under one set of regulations. All right, thank you very much. Um, what I'd like to do is now, now that we have a little flavor, I would uh, like to allow um, public input at this point. And um, this way here, um, I think there's a gentleman that's uh, open for public input. Okay, go ahead, sir, please. Please state your name and address and, and yeah. what's on your mind. Yeah, my name is David Amo, I live on uh, 72 Fairway Drive. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't want you to compare this project to two other projects that you're gonna do. This is our own project. This is a Ward 6 project. And to be very transparent to the applicant, you told us at this meeting that you were going to come here and tell us where the setbacks were going to be and what was going to make a difference, why you couldn't do it on both projects, you know, both zones versus one or the other. You haven't done that. As far as I'm concerned, You've done zero from the past meeting to this meeting. That's insulting to me, and that's insulting to the residents of Ward 6, and it's insulting to these people in front of you that are going to be voting on this. You're not being transparent. If you're going to come to a public meeting and say at the next meeting, we're going to come here and explain to you why we need one zone versus two zones, that's what we expect. And the residents of Ward 6 are not in favor of putting this in the one zone. You already have the permission to build your dealership, whether it's 
one, two, three zones, I don't care. You know what? If it takes a little bit of extra work for them to do whatever, so be it. I live up there, and a lot of other residents live up there. So you know what? You guys voted to give these people the permission to build. That's fine. But keep it the zones the way it is unless they can come up with a specific reason that's legitimate why they need one zone. They haven't, and as far as I'm concerned, the zoning should stay the same. Thank you. All set. All right. Thank you. Hold on. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll second that motion. Well, is there anyone on Zoom? Oh. Public input. I don't think, but I'm not sure. Is there anybody else on Zoom uh, for public input regarding uh, the matter here? All right. Motion to close public input. Okay. I'll second that. Okay. Agnes, could you please take the roll, please? Balakir? Yes. Kushane? Yes. Pinia Costello? Lopez? Yes. Zigarowski? Yes. Libri? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Public input is closed, but I, I, okay. I see that uh, the Ward 6 counselors here, Councilor Dobas, go ahead, sir. Thank you. I'll be brief. I know it's a long meeting. Um, just before I start my comments, uh, Lee, it says, like, according to this plan that you gave me, that is showing the city owned Burnett Roadland as, um, as industrial, uh, as I put uh, but on the city website, it shows up as residential A. Uh, so that's just something that I'll be questioning uh, privately. I just, 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 um, just so you know, and the, the city website says that's residential A. This, uh, just to be clear, Councillor, this is from our GIS website, so th that is in fact accurate. There are two. There's a the city-owned parcel is currently zone IPUD, and then one portion, the next lot over, you can see that that sort of gray line um, in a reverse L. There's another parcel that I believe that is part of the state park that is also IPUD before the residential starts. And most of most of the state park is in is zoned residential A. Uh, thank you. I'll I'll ask you about it uh, privately. But um, in terms of this specifically, I agree with with the uh, public input. Um, you know, at the last meeting, uh, I had asked the applicant, you know, to take a month and and give us specific reasons why we should approve the zone change. You know, would it affect the driveway, the parking lot, the building? Uh, would it affect outside storage? What 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 would be the reason why we should pass the zone change? Right. Uh, just just to reiterate, in case there's a member of the public that's going to watch this or something in the media, uh, I don't support uh, passing a blank zone change just for the sake of fixing a split zone because then um, it would allow the applicant to potentially do a bait and switch, if not now down the line, right, where uh, uh, the uh, industrial zone change. Um, you could build essentially anything, you know, uh, as compared to the iPod. So, uh, you know, that, that's why there's a lot of hesitancy, excuse me, for myself and the neighbors, uh, because, um, you know, we, we support the Tesla project and, and what they're doing, and we appreciate them working with us, uh, but we don't want to bait and switch down the line, right? We don't want some kind of factory or something, and then the residents would have almost no say. Um, the, the planner mentioned the Burnett Road permitting process, right? Uh, but but uh, I'm not and I'm not I'm not even sure if that's going to pass again. Um, it's it's uh, it's controversial, right? It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a close vote this year. I don't know if it's going to pass. Uh, so I'm not counting on that as a reason to pass the split zone tonight. Um, so uh, I'm not satisfied at this at this time to pass the zone change. I understand it's the will of the committee, but uh, I, I asked at the last meeting a month ago for them to provide specific reasons. Uh, for us to pass the split zone change, you know, how would it affect the plans? 
and they haven't been able to do that. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to be responsible for a bait and switch down the line. So I can't support this tonight. I'm, I would vote no when this goes to the full council. Thank you. Okay, I'll say counselor. Thank you. Um, so I, I too agree with Councilor Dobos and the public input that was given today. Um, during the last meeting, I'm looking at the meeting minutes before me, and clearly I, I, I stand with exactly what I stated then, which is I, I don't base my decisions on difficulties. Um, I understand that this might be a little bit difficult for some of the departments. Oh, well, it is our job to do our jobs. And a little bit of a difficulty does not mean that we should um, just blankly approve a zone change. Um, I also asked that if there was a risk to the plan, that they should present that risk to the plan and that with that, I could actually make a decision on whether the zone change was needed. Um, and some of the other counselors agreed to that um, during the last meeting. And essentially what we heard today from our planning director, Lee Puglia, is that there is no reason to do this for the purposes of the plan itself. That there is under the zone that it currently exists, the plan can, can occur and there's nothing stopping the plan from moving forward as proposed. And so I had said that I would only support a zone change if it was really truly needed. Um, and that has, at least for me, that has not been met. There's no need because there's no risk to the plan. Um, I think that the resident concerns and, and the counselor concerns are, are valid. I still stand by that. Um, and no information has been provided to me today that makes me feel like this zone change is, is needed. In fact, on the contrary, the, the reasons that are given are, are not a reason to tell me that it's needed at all. Um, so I am still voting no on this and I will vote on vote no on this at the full council meeting as well. Also, counselor. Thank okay. you. Go ahead, Councilor Mary Beth. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. We discussed this before. The resident is here. Uh, he's a resident of the area. There's a lot of concern. And I agree with Councillor Dobas in regards to what he has said. Um, the residents in this area have been under a great deal of uh, stress in regards to development. So if the zone changes it needed, and there's no sense of, of going in that direction, especially if you have residential concern in an area that has been um, uh, very compromised in regards to um, traffic and other uh, public safety issues. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I do want to add that um, there was a report in here, and this is, this is from the planning board recommendation. Okay, they're also involved with zone changes. And I read this into the record the last time, and I'll read it in again. Um, this is regarding Burnett Road, Assessor's Map 294, Parcel 6 and 7, File 23-3001. Chicopee Planning Board held public hearings on Thursday, April 6, 2023. Purpose of the hearings was to consider a zone change from IPUD Type 1 to industrial for 2.58 plus or minus acres of land on Burnett Road, Assessor Map 294, Parcels 6 and 7, for the purpose of creating a consistently zoned property and eliminating a split zone property. Applicant was Connell Properties, number 705, Coleo Layton, 294 Grove Lane, Suite 140, Ways Minnesota 55391. And the planning board 
approved of this and it was uh, unanimous. So uh, this is this is another this is another body that also makes decisions with regarding zone changes. So it's it's the planning board and it's also zoning and and they they approved in favor. So I, again, I wanted to bring this out. I wanted to bring this out because I, I did bring it out the last time, but. Again, we're having discussion here, and I see this document, so I want to read this into the record. Again. Just so that we have a motion on the floor while we are having discussion, I want to make a motion to deny, please. All right, uh, you're making motion to deny. Okay, um, I can I can second that public well regarding discussion. Okay, so yeah, you're seconding it, and then we keep having discussion. Yeah. Yes, discussion. Okay, so that that's on the floor. Okay, uh, Councilor Lee, go ahead. Okay, through the chair to Lee Pleat. Uh, Lee, does, I know the setbacks are different in the iPod zone. Would it affect the looks of the building, or am I reading the map wrong? Is this in the back of the building? Uh, I know the setbacks are different for both zones. Yeah, there are different si side yard setbacks. So if this this property will likely be address Burnett Road. Um, so the uh, the parcel line uh, hitting the green um, parcels would be a side yard. Um, and then the parcel line hitting the gray, that is the um, uh, undeveloped right of way on the left side of the map would also be a side yard. And the rear yard would be uh, what's abutting the industrial guard, garden plan unit development type one language above. So would, would the uh, building still be you know aesthetically pleasing uh, or would they have to make some changes where there would be some uh, zigs and zags in it or um, you know. there may be there may be a situation where there's dimensional requirements that require shifting to meet uh, the portion of the building that's going to be in the iPod zone versus the portion of the building that's going to be in the industrial zone um, I we don't know that yet because we haven't started site plan review okay. you know, um, so I'm, I, and I'm not really sure what the bait and switch is is about I you know I know what bait is and switch is but I, I don't understand how they could do something there if we if we zone it all industrial um, um, I can speak to those uses counselor so um, uh, just directly from our, our zoning code language industrial districts are are by right or permitted uses um, that are allowed in industrial districts or anything that we allow in business a and business B districts in addition to accessory uses. The buy right uses in the IPUD district um, are uh, as follows. Permitted uses, the following uses will be permitted in industrial planned unit development. Industrial uses except for those described in industrial districts by special permit. So they're identical, the uses are the same. So there's no possibility of, of bringing in something um, less amenable because the the districts allow for the same development. Um, the only difference is the zoning and dimensional requirement. And when we're talking about a significant investment like this, um, we would like some consistency across the site versus some arbitrary line for where the zoning districts fall. That's really what we're trying to solve for. Okay, thank you. Yeah, all set, Council? All set. Okay. Um, Go ahead, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear from the applicant. Here, go ahead. Can you, can you just speak to that? The applicant hasn't submitted any reason. I'd like to hear from them on that. Is that any light on that? Right. 
Gentlemen, uh, thank you. Could you could you shed some light on why you want this uh, zone change, please, for the for the council, please? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the specific request about what was asked to be submitted, but why we're seeking this zone change uh, is is one to be a partner with the city in terms of their initiative to eliminate these split zones and also provide our entire team, our architects, our engineers. Uh, et cetera, clarity and consistency on what zoning will be kind of judged by and, and held to a standard to. Uh, by providing that consistency, you know, we'll know going into site plan review that we comply with things that won't be kind of subject to interpretation. If a building needs to be shifted or the parking needs to shift slightly to, uh, you know, accommodate fire access, whatever that might be. Uh, we just want to have kind of a level playing field and one set of guidelines that guide us. Uh, as Mr. Pouliot mentioned, as I, I tried to explain last month, maybe not very well, but the bait and switch concept doesn't really apply because the uses are the same in either district. We're not changing or seeking a zone change to sneak in another use because they, they overlap. They're the same allowed uses. So we wouldn't need a zone change if we were planning to do something else in the future. Uh, we we worked, you know, I, I think very hard with with the committee and and with the council and with the city as a whole to come to an amenable uh, project here, and this is something we're trying to do uh, as a partner with the city, uh, as well as to um, you know provide clarity. And it's not a matter of is it going to be more difficult. Obviously, we need to do our job to make a project that complies. Uh, but if we weren't granted this and then down the road needed it, um, there's no guarantee that at that time we'd either be starting all over uh, to do this zone change or maybe even not be allowed to pursue it at that time if this were to be denied. So uh, it's really twofold. It's one to have an, a clear understanding of uh, the regulations that will be held to, but also um, to kind of work towards a greater good of eliminating these split zones, uh, which, which quite frankly, um, you know, hinder development because there's two set of standards that aren't um, necessarily the same. All right, thank you. Hold on, uh, Bob. Something else? Did you have a question about the cost of the project? Hey, that's them. The entire project. What is the cost that you estimate to build this dealership? I unfortunately can cannot speak to the cost. Obviously, this plan is very much in progress and plan plans out. I'm not sure if Mr. Uh, Layton seems to have unmuted. Yeah, Perhaps he can speak to it. But I can shed some light on that. Uh, Leo Layton here with the applicant. Um, you know, obviously, we're still going through the design and everything, so it's it's preliminary budgets at this point. But um, the project's going to be kind of in the range of fifteen to twenty million dollars to complete. All right. Thank you. All set, Bob. Okay, Council President, put your hand up. Yes. Um, so a couple of things. One is we heard from the applicant last meeting and this meeting again that one of the main reasons is to partner with the city. So this zone change is really at the city's request. Um, the planning department specifically, they had stated. And, and so again, even the planning department tonight has not given me a reason other than making it a little bit easier for the department. Um, and, and that's just not good enough for me. And then the other one is, you know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room, like, okay, if you want them all to be the same, then why are you picking the least restrictive method, right? Like why that you want to zone out all the chains and zone it all iPod? No, you don't want to do that because iPod has some restrictions. So I don't think that it makes sense to go with the least restrictive zone change simply for the sake of a little bit less difficulty 
um, that's just not convincing enough for me. It, it's not, it's not a good enough reason. The plan does, again, the plan does not change regardless of whether we approve this zone change or not. It doesn't hinder the plan itself. The building can still go up. The development can still go up. Um, this is, it's just not a good enough reason. Okay, Councilor. Course, I guess my biggest hang up is that the applicant was asked to come back today to show us how it affects their plans and there's nothing. We don't have anything to show anything. We have opinion and, you know, and you know, expert opinion, which I mean, what they're saying is not wrong, but we were supposed to see how this affects the plans and we don't see anything. But I have a question through the chair to uh, Dr. Puglia. Can we change it to all iPod, like Council Lopez said? Um, so satisfy the needs of the city? Yeah, if I can just expand on your question and my response. So uh, this isn't about making review easier for planning. I mean, we can handle any sort of review. I just recognize that planning is not the only department that has to review this. The zoning enforcement officer for the city is the, the building commissioner. And it's no secret that he's been severely understaffed. Um, so, you know, we have to be able to move these projects along through their timelines. Um, so I'm also cognizant of all of our other reviewing departments and the time that doing these comprehensive reviews um, places on them. Reviewing a project consistently against one set of regulations is simply more efficient. Um, and as for you know picking or choosing the appropriate zone, the only reason um, to consider industrial is because there's already a very large industrial district there. As a matter of fact, the, the IPUD district, um, the portion of this lot the triangular lot and the two parcels to the north, the one city owned and the one that um, is part of the state park, I believe, um, is smaller than the two blocks to the west. Um, we generally would always uh, try to make an existing district expand and get rid of uh, nefarious districts. We know that the property to the north is never gonna be developed. Um, so we would probably look to get rid of that zoning anyways um, and we, you know, business B wouldn't make sense because it's already a smaller district than the industrial district. So we're looking for a larger scale land use consistency when we, we recommend or consider zone changes. And that's the only reason to consider industrial. And I would say, um, just to clarify, it's not that IPUD has a different set of restrictions. It has different design standards. Um, so, you know, just imagine if you're going to a I don't know, a ballpark and half of it sits in one district and half of it sits in another and you have dimensional requirements and, and landscaping requirements that are different. It still has to be there. It's still a requirement, but it's going to look different versus it being one consistent thought out project um, that's consistent from parcel line to parcel line. It, it, it's, it's, that's all this really is. Sure. Um, just for the sake of the council, maybe. So uh, in industrial districts, um, um, dimensional requirements include the height of buildings, uh, minimum setbacks, which are at 25 feet, um, side yard uh, setbacks, uh, which only if they abut a residential building or district are 25 feet. This property doesn't abut a residential district at all. Rear yards are at 25 feet. Um, and then there's some specific language about signs. Um, in industrial, uh, in, in IPUD districts, there are a number of calculations that have to be run. Um, so first of all, you need a minimum parcel size of 50,000 square feet. Um, so again, this was intended for 
you know, multi-lot or multi-building development. Um, there is a maximum height of structures here. It is different than industrial. This we do 45 feet versus 60. Um, but we have max, maximum aggregate building coverage of not exceeding 33% of the total parcel area. Um, total parcel area. We have two districts, but I'm going to need to apply a 33% to a district that's not IPUD. Um, there's a minimum uh, tract frontage or parcel frontage of 125 feet, which this um, has um, because it'll only be one building. Um, minimum setbacks from any street line are 50 feet versus 25 feet. Uh, minimum rear and side yard uh, setbacks are consistent at 25 feet um, because there's no residential uh, uh, property line. Um, there's corner lot requirements, um, and then there are buffer area and screening requirements um, that go along with um, any land uh, budding that's zoned for residential purposes. And then uh, finally, a maximum of 75% or 70% of the total tract can be rendered impervious. Uh, so again, the language says tract parcel, um, but only a piece of this is in this district. Um, what else here? Um, parking standards are consistent between the two um, uh, districts. Um, in IPUD, we have landscaping requirements written into the zoning code versus just in site plan regulations. Um, so um, the goal again was to create sort of a consistent look throughout an industrial park. Uh, so uh, there's uh, landscaping requirements at site entrances, signs, parking areas, and building entrances. Um, there's a minimum ratio of um, trees uh, per parking spaces, but it's broken down by the first 80% of parking and then the next 20 and above versus it being one formula in industrial for the total number of parking spaces. So what would happen is we would have one density of landscaping in the industrial district portion and then a different density of planting in the IPUD uh, portion. Um, again, this is in a corner lot, so I won't deal with those. Um, loading docks and facilities have specific requirements for where they can be located. Um, you know, again, I think based on the conceptual plan, that's mostly going to be in the industrial district. So we would uh, be able to uh, uh, deal with that. And then there's um, a slightly different uh, requirement for signage because, again, this was intended for an overall industrial park versus a single parcel. Both uh, zones require a special permit? The only reason why the special permit was required here was because of the Burnett Road chapter. Otherwise, and, and any other same district in a different area of the city, this would have just gone straight to site plan review. Thank you, Councilor Crochet. I think so. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, to, to, to Lee, um, they don't have a, they have not been in front of you with a, plan, a definitive plan yet, correct? No, we they have not submitted um, preliminary plans because uh, they'll show so, preliminary. Um, they came before us and they they worked with the city council as councilor Cushane had requested of downsizing it and doing different things so i guess my question would be the reason they didn't come forward with anything is because they don't know how the plan would sit um the requirements of if they had both pieces versus one because it has to go through SPRAC review which would tell them yes you can't the fire department might say if you would have had that piece in there to for your the fire department, whatever. It's there's nothing. There's no definitive plan that 
has gone forward, correct? Yet? Correct. The, uh, the concept plan that the council saw for the special permit hasn't been developed into a complete uh, preliminary site plan package. And one of the reasons why is I generally would like to um, uh, provide some clarity as to what the regulations are that apply to the project. Um, so again, if the council is amenable the zone change, and I can go back to the applicant and say, you are following the industrial regulations and the site plan regulations. Right now, I have to say, you have to follow the industrial regulations for this portion, the IPUD regulations for this portion, and the overall site plan regulations. So if, if, if we're amenable to the zone change, we can just streamline the design process for the applicant and then make our review process more efficient because we're only reviewing against one set of regulations. And if I could continue, and that could make it so the on the site plan that where the building sits from uh, from Burnett Road too, um, for how they put the building. Correct. But they could take that property and turn it to give more room or more it, it, where whatever they want to do. Right. If it. there was a if the fire department needed more access for a, an drive aisle and they needed to shift the building, it would give flexibility because we'd only be addressing that one set of requirements. All right. I, I just, you know, I keep hearing that, you know, the, the plan, but there is no, they didn't meet with them for the final plan. What we did as a city council, uh, the zoning and that said, let's reduce it down, did all that. But now they go, they got to take that reduction and put that building. It's no different if I have this little piece here and here. And then the fire department says, oh, if you would have had that, I want to turn it or do something. So I think it's just more than just, um, it all it all it all falls under the same zoning as he mentioned. It's just the the setbacks are is mostly what it, what it entails, correct? Correct. And, and on and, that, so and landscaping. And landscaping. And again, if you want more landscaping with the final plan, we could look at that. But I, I just want to bring it forward because I'm not sure how I'm going to vote yet. But I'm just saying we don't have a defendant. I'm sorry, you don't agree with? Do you not agree with it or? No, no, no. I mean, I can, no, they, but I, I'm sorry, they can look at that. That's what their job is for the city and, and place that there. And, you know, that's what we have to look at. I've spoken to some people on Burnett Road. They have no problem. They're glad that Tesla's coming, even with the going back and forth. You know, I'm sure if I go and talk to some on Burnett Road, unfortunately, I didn't have the time to do it. I'm sure there'll be people that, that wouldn't matter. And, and agree, like they said, some will, but you need to look at what the planning department could work with them with the bigger picture of the property. I get where Councilor Zobot is coming from, but you know, if there's no bait and switch, if that can't happen, if there could be that, I wouldn't be for that all either. There's nothing, it's all identical. Um, and especially, and it's a special permit under the requirements of the uh, Burnett Road. So, you know, that, that's what I'm looking at. And so. Great, right, I'll say Councilor Thank you. All right, thank you. Councilor Lopez. And just as a form of correction, it, it's not all identical. We just went through a whole list of differences. And so whether it's just setbacks or more trees or whatever it is, you know, there, it's, it's still, it's split for a reason, right? Like, and so there's no actual reason to put it together because it's not affecting the plan itself. If it, it, in the future it, it affects the it plan, does. It, does. It, it does. Difficulty, but not no. the actual plan. You just stated, how are you saying it does when you just stated to us a few minutes ago that it doesn't actually change the plan? It itself. doesn't change the allowed uses, but it changes how the project is designed based on an arbitrary line that was just thrown on a map 80 years ago. That's what we're saying. Well, that arbitrary line is also protecting that area from being used for a, a for a use that's not with an iPod. But the use 
the uses between iPod Industrial are exactly the same. But the design is not, and so the, the setback is not. There are setbacks in both. There are screening requirements. If, if there was a residential abutter, which there is not, the screening requirements are the same between both districts, and that's the point here. There's no residential abutters to this property. If there was a residential buffer, the planning board and staff would be looking to maximize that requirement anyway. Um, but there isn't. You're surrounded by iPod to the north, business to the east, industrial to the south and west. And the little piece of the state park, which will never be developed, is zoned residential A on the other side of a paper street. So be concerned about uh, uh, impact to a residential but, uh, butters. There are no residential abutters. So the big impact here is curb cut, where that's going to go. Um, which will come out of the SPRAC review when the preliminary plans are submitted and reviewed by the city's experts. Um, but I would not advocate for making um, zoning requirements easier when we were impacting residences. We're surrounded on all sides by existing business and industrial development. Um, I would also not advocate for a zone change if it let more egregious uses into the area. Um, but because they're consistent, um, we're just looking to allow this developer to create one project that is consistent from one side of the building to the other. Um, and that, that is, and, and, and I, I don't know if I'm being unclear, but that's, it's as simple as that. All right, Lee, thank you. All right, folks, you've had quite a discussion here. <laughs> um, last time, anybody else, any further comments? Uh, I, I think the motion that was made on the floor was the motion to deny the zone change application. So if you vote in favor, then it doesn't proceed. If you vote unfavorable, it's my understanding, then it goes forward. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a yes vote denies it and a no vote. Okay, let's just make this clear. I'm going to change my motion to a motion to approve so that a yes vote means yes and a no vote means no, because it gets very complicated apparently for folks not doing this. I'm changing my motion. I think, and I'll second that, Council. I think that clears it because in people's minds, not only for. Very hard to follow yes and no, yes. Not only for this subcommittee. Yes, the full council has an issue with this too. I understand. Let me go back to our regular meeting next week, depending which way we're going. Uh, yes, that would be complicated. It's, okay, so there's nobody else on Zoom. All right, okay. Close for the complaint. All right. We already did. Yes, 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 no, yes, no. Yes, okay. All right, thank you. A motion to approve the zone change, so that means yes. Okay, but if you vote no, then it's against it, it would be no, all right? Okay. All right, so, so, um, all right. Through the chair. I, I, I just want to say one more thing, Councilor Pez. I, I think we explained things very well for us in that this, where, this, where this property, the proposed project is, there, there's really no impact on residents. There, there's no residential properties there. So, because I think zoning, that would have been, in, in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. that that would have been a real problem. So mm -hmm. th I think that's that's helpful for us as counselors. Okay, all right, go ahead. You had a Through comment. the chair, yeah, I have, no, I have a question for Lee. Um, does, 
a different setback requirement or a zone change affect traffic in any way? Not that it could uh, impact traffic, but what, what I can't answer is how the fire department is going to review their access in case of an emergency here. Um, and there may be a preference for the driveway to be in a certain configuration. But if that violates um, the iPod, if, it, if, it, if the curb cut ends up being more north in the iPod portion of the property, there's a pavement setback. But if that's the fire department's preference, but it's a zoning violation, we wouldn't be able to design and have that approved by the planning board. So it would have a real consequence for layout and operations, particularly if there was a preference on the fire department, which I can't speak to directly yet because we don't know because we haven't started that review. Uh, but yes, those, those dimensional requirements could have an impact if any of our reviewing departments had a particular preference for how they would respond to an issue there. Is there an opportunity for the council, if we were to approve this zone change at this time, to have, after the SPRAC review happens and the plan happens, to withdraw the special permit because it's in, on the Burnett Road area where it requires a special permit anyways, to call it back because there are issues because we feel that the driveway may not be in the proper place or that it may affect traffic in a way that we do not want? Is there opportunity for that? I don't, um, I don't remember the exact language of all the conditions from the special permit, but I don't believe you put any dimensional restrictions on it outside of the size of the building and the number of parking spaces. So if it were, if it made the council comfortable, I would, could gladly provide a report to you after plan, the planning board completed their review of, you know, what may have changed from the concept plan that you saw, but I don't think there would be any need for the special permit to come back unless there was a change in the size of the building larger, um, or if there was a change in the number of parking spaces or something like that, that spoke to a particular condition. I know some of the resident concern was where the entrance and exit were. And so, and that is in the permit though. So there's an opportunity for us to still call back the permit if we needed to, regardless of the zone change. Correct. If, they, if, the, if I believe it's um, the, the, the language on the special permit was the, the Southern um, portion of the Burnett Road frontage. Yeah, right. correct. By the way, consider Johnny Kekalo as a correct. So a if that if those were not feasible for some reason based upon review with our department, then it would trigger a requirement to come back to the council and request a modification. And at that point, I could provide you data from the reviewing department as to why they can't meet that requirement. Okay. Um, I know you went through a whole list of the differences and the similarities, but it was a whole list of a lot of similarities and some differences. Could you actually identify the exact just differences, not go through the whole list that had, this is the same, this is the same, just tell us exactly what changes. Yeah, they break down to two categories, dimensional requirements and setbacks and landscaping. Okay, can you go through what the dimensional requirements are? All right, dimensional requirements in industrial, height of building is 60 feet. Minimum. And what is it in the other one? It's 45. So with iPod, they can only go up to 45? That's correct. So iPod up to 45. And with industrial? It's 60. Up to 60. Okay, keep going. Okay. Thank you. Um, the minimum set front setback in industrial is 25. Minimum setback in iPod is 50. 
side and rear setbacks are the same, 25 feet. Differences only, so that we don't excuse. Um, landscaping, so under industrial, the landscaping requirements defer to the site plan regulations, um, which is two, uh, two shade trees for every 10 parking spaces. In IPUD, um, there's an entire section on landscaping, um, so we'll go through that. So just for, we'll call it landscaping, which is our tree requirement. Um, it's three trees for every six parking spaces for the first 80% 80 80 of spaces required. I apologize for the language, this is long. <laughs> and then three trees or shrubs for every six parking spaces and the remaining 20 space, 20% 20 of the spaces provided on the site. That sounds difficult to understand. <laughs> Try doing the calculation and review. I mean, it's not that hard. You just take the number, you divide it by 80%, you put in that 80% trees, and in the other ones, you get to choose trees or shrubs. That's right. not that difficult. Um, so and then the next piece is that um, we have to ensure that placement and design of landscaping shall target what are referred to as functional areas site entrances, signs, parking areas, building entrances. Um, planting shall integrate the project with the natural existing environment and the retention of existing plantings and the use of native plant species. Um, and I would just say that this project also requires conservation commission review, so they'll be dealing with that piece as well. Um, let me see here. Loading docks and facilities, this falls under landscaping as well. Um, shall be located on those sides of the building which do not front the street insofar as possible. So only on the iPod are they required to have loading docks basically in the back. Under industrial, they could have loading docks anywhere. Right. <laughs> and then this, the signage is just different dimensional um, requirements. Um, which is? So an industrial, In industrial, we allow one freestanding sign for each building set back at least 25 feet. No larger than 60 square feet on each side for a total surface area of 120 square feet. In IPUD, broken down into attached signs, so these are signs that go on the exterior wall of a building. Um, we allow one square foot in area for every five linear feet of building frontage. And then there's a maximum that no single dimension cell exceeds seven feet, no greater than 42 square feet in total area. And then for freestanding signs, um, what was it? No greater than 40? 42 square feet. And we limit that to one sign. Um, for freestanding signs, there are also allowed, so this would be like second sign, um, ground mounted, um, no larger than 42 square feet in surface area. Again, no dimension larger than seven feet, um, and it cannot be higher than 12 feet above uh, grade. Is there a way? And I'm sorry, there's a 35 foot setback as well for the ground sign. Okay, thank you. And they're allowed up to two freestanding signs. Up to two. And for the industrial, there's no amount, one. just one? Just one. So they're allowed more signs. With they're allowed more signs iPod. in iPod. Okay. Um, 
just one. Is there a way to allow for the zone change while still requiring adherence to certain things in iPod? For example, in particularly in, area, in an area like that, that abuts a lot of green space, I would be interested in having a higher number of trees. That, that interests me. Um, I also would be interested in a larger setback. I think that that would probably help, particularly with public safety and perhaps with, you know, that area being so highly trafficked, a setback, I would be agreeable to that. And so since we have finally gotten to the point where somebody answered our questions on what the actual differences were and how it affects design, is there a way for us to approve the zone change, but still require a 50-foot setback, which is in accordance to what I put was, which is the more restrictive one, and then also require three trees for every six parking spaces, period. Forget the 80% and the 20%, just three trees. Um, and then ask for the loading docks to only be in the back. So the council can't condition a zone change, but what I can tell you is that from a landscaping perspective, um, the Conservation Commission is going to be consistent with your interests now. Um, there are real review things that have to happen there. There is a known um, vernal pool in the state park that's buffer extends onto the corner of this property. Um, so they have some um, leverage in negotiating a certain type of landscaping plan. Um, in general, I, with the planning board, usually ask applicants to go above and beyond what the requirement is because Let's be honest, two trees per 10 parking spaces isn't a whole lot. Um, so that's sort of the minimum of what we generally ask. Uh, and most applicants comply with doing something a little bit more. Um, and then as for the setback, um, the building would meet the setback in either district because they're putting it further back. Um, but what will likely come out of the departmental review is whether or not the, that placement and utility runs works. Um, so there'll be some negotiation, if you will, as those systems are designed. It's unknown right now exactly where all the utility connections are, but I would say they're in excess of either setback requirement right now um, from the concept plan that you've seen. I don't think they, there's any intention of trying to put this building right on Burnett Road. What about the loading docks? Uh, the loading docks, that is something that I can request of the planning board um, to ensure um, in the preliminary plan and it survives to the definitive plan. So uh, some of these are just like, can, may, right? How do I ensure that that occurs? Because in order for me to support this zone change, now that we finally have answers on what actually, what the differences are, are to still protect what iPod would have protected. Sure. Um, I, and the simple answer um, is you can't with a zone change. I don't like that. I don't like that answer. I don't like that answer. That doesn't work. Can we recall the permit and add that as restrictions? Um, I mean, if that was the will of the council, it would just slow down the ability of this project to get into design and to construction. Um, but, uh, you know, anyone who's done site plan review with my staff and with the, the department knows the expectations. And I think this project has been highlighted enough to know that we're, there's a higher standard here. Um, so you have my commitment that we will do everything we can to ensure that that happens. Um, I've heard everyone loud and clear tonight, um, but it's just, you, there's no, the count, not just this zone change, but any zone change, the council cannot condition it. Um, well, we could pull the permit and that, that would delay it by what, 30 days? Uh, well, you're on back. summer schedule now, so yeah, it would delay it more than that. Well, well not, not by that much because we could ask for it on the next agenda for zoning, add those restrictions to it, 
pass it here on this board and then put it in our August meeting. No, that's, zone change. that's not what on the said, zone yeah. change. On the zone change, but on the permit itself, we can add it, and that's what I'm asking. I'm asking for us to recall the permit, not because we're not going to pass it again, but just to be able to add these further restrictions because it's in the interest of what the residents are asking for. Like the residents are asking for the zone change to not occur because IPUT is is more restrictive. So the way to, I mean, this is about at the end of the day, this is compromise, right? And so like you, you need the council to be able to agree to this zone change to make it easier for all the departments to have this BRAC review is what you're telling us, right? And so the differences as you've outlined are, are few. I still want those differences though, because the residents are asking for them. So the way you get me on board and you get probably many of us on board is by still adhering to some of the restrictions that I put would have. The only way I can do that, you're telling me, is not through the zone change itself. I can't put those restrictions on the zone change, but I can do it by pulling the special permit, asking to add these particular restrictions to that special permit as it exists, just add a few more restrictions and then vote it to pass again. It already passed once, so it would vote, to, it would pass again. The only issue, and I'm sure the applicant would speak to this, and I'm not a developer, but everyone in the development world says time is money and the market is fluctuating incredibly right now. So if you delay this project, you're impacting their budget and ability to move forward. Um, you know, I, when we consider zone changes, and this is the guidance that I always give the planning board is, is the use appropriate? Um, and it, that's usually the simple debate that they have. Um, I, you know, I, Unfortunately, this isn't a project that's just approved through special permitting, like if it were a mill conversion project where the council has ultimate control over everything in the project. Um, in this case, the planning board has the review authority for the site plan. So um, I can't guarantee anything like you're asking, um, but I, I'm more than willing to bring those comments to the board and ask them to have that conversation as well. And that's consistent with every project that they've reviewed. Um, they are also looking um, for the best interest of the residents and the city as a whole. Um, it's just we don't, you don't have the authority through this process to to restrict. So if, it's either whether or not the zone change is appropriate. All right, guys. Guys, so I'm I'm going to ask to move the question. Okay, I'm going to move the question because. Uh, we can we can debate this on nauseam. We, we can get into it. Again, I want to mention again, planning board had the recommendation for the zone change, all right? We're part of the process. And in order to get a zone change, you need their impact and also this impact. The, uh, the vote was on the, well, um, the motion on the floor was approval for the zone change application from industrial garden Plant unit development type one to industrial for 2.58 acres of property located at Burnett Road. All right. Chairman, for if we wanted to potentially pull the permit, just so that we know what the process is. I didn't hear that. What would the process be to pull the permit? Like the original permit, where the restrictions were already outlined and these particular ones are not outlined? What's that process? Okay. I think the process is going to be we're going to have to talk to council if, if we can do that. But this is this potentially, I'm just going to say, could kill this project. Through the chair to the council, okay. what would the process be to pull the permit? Uh, to be honest, I don't know that you can do that, Councillor. I'd have to do some research. You might, you may not have the right to unless they're in violation of any of the conditions. But I'd have to check. I'd have to do some research because then people could 
pull permits to add conditions at any time. And I think the body should be careful about why you're pulling the permit. If you're pulling the permit to put conditions on a zone change, or I just, mm-hmm. so I can't tell you for sure. I can get back to you on that. Which is exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, that's exactly what it is because I don't want to do the zone change without having the restrictions that the iPod would give. Well, I need some more time to think about this. I'm I'm going to abstain from tonight, how, and then I will just vote on it at the full council meeting after I thought about it. I was going to say, right, you have that you have that option. Mm-hmm. You have that option. So, I mean, again, this is the right, thank you, Councilor, by the way. This is a recommendation for this to move forward mm-hmm. at our next meeting. So, again, depending how we vote, and there's also a few days that people. Yeah, my motion to approve stands. I can still vote right. on it however okay. I want. Okay. And, and for the record, I'll say that at this time, we finally got some answers that we had asked for. and. Like we had asked for them for a while. Um, I'm still a little torn about this because there's nothing I can do about the restrictions that I put places that the industrial zone doesn't place. Um, However, you know, I do need some more resident input on this because it is my understanding that some of the differences as outlined by Mr. Puglia were not necessarily the concerns that the residents actually expressed, right? So like for me, some of the concerns are like, okay, let's have more trees, right? But that's maybe the earthy crunchy in me. However, that that was not a direct resident concern that we heard. Um, and so I, I, at this point, I will abstain because I'm not going to hold it up when the resident concerns themselves are not what's showing up as a difference. But I will talk to the residents before our next council meeting and figure out if that's actually a concern. And if that part is a concern from the resident, then I will vote no at the full council meeting. This is just a recommendation. So I don't have enough information to vote yes or no yet, although we have more information than we did before this meeting. Um, so okay. I, I will abstain for the, for the record, but okay. that is my reasoning. All right, Councilor. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to end the discussion. We're going to, so the vote, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the motion's on the floor to approve the zone change application from industrial garden plan unit development to industrial 2.58 plus or minus acres of property located at Burnett Road. A, a yes vote moves this forward. A no vote turns, declines it. All right. Okay, Agnes, please, please call the roll. Salakir? Yes. Hussein? Yes. Penia Costello? Yes. Lopez? Abstain. Zigarowski? Yes. Libri? Yes. Okay. Let me just write this up.
There you go, Bob. Thanks. That's the special pin. Want me to bring it over? Oh, okay. All right, thanks. Well, while he does that, motion to approve the meeting minutes. Um, hold on. Wait, wait till she signs. Fine. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done, guys. I know. I know. It's still. I thought we were going to be done by eight. I was wrong. I was wrong. Too many questions. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, I thank committee members. Uh, the motion was to approve the zone change application from industrial garden plan unit development type one to industrial for 2.58 plus or minus acres of property located at Burnett Road, uh, referring to parcel ID map 294, lot six and seven for purpose eliminating existing split zone property. And the committee voted uh, five in favor of the motion to approve and one abstain. And this is going to go before the full of City Council on Thursday, uh, July 6th. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Councilors. Zoning Committee. You're welcome. He said thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All Motion right. to approve the Zoning Committee meeting minutes from May 31st, 2023. And I'll second that. Okay. Agnes, can you please call the roll? Valakir? Yes. Hussein? Yes. Finia Costello? Lopez? Yes. Zagorowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. And motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. We're going to have to also, uh, I'll second it. Okay. Go ahead, Agnes. Valakir? Yes. Kushain? Yes. Piniaka Stello? Lopez? Yes. Zagorowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. All right. Thank you very much.